Welcome to A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life, the accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich with a pretty easy task and a fun one at that. I pose questions to Larry and with that razor sharp memory of his and a great talent for storytelling, well, you just have to settle back and enjoy the ride. Larry, I want to go back to your early days, school days before college, and we've got a high school story or two and a story about the devotion school. Why don't we start there? Who was Charles Taylor and why is he important to the story? Uh, yeah, well, Charles Taylor was the principal of Devotion School. And, of course, Devotion School, as I said before, was a famous school. People like, uh, you know, Mike Wallace and uh, people like that uh, went to Brookline High School. And uh, JFK, for a while, went to Devotion School. Charles Taylor was a guy that was uh, reminded you of somebody from the 19th century because by the time he was my principal, he was already in his 60s, which to me seemed ancient. I'm now 90 and... I guess it wasn't so ancient. <laughs> anyway, on one day, I'm uh, I'm on the sixth grade baseball team at Devotion School, and Charles Taylor comes out, uh, and uh, I was sort of a young phenom, and I'm pitching left-handed, and everybody is striking out, and Charles Taylor, gray-headed, wearing a sort of a shirt that reminded you of the 19th century, says, "Can I take a swing?" So yeah, he was the principal; he can take a swing. First, and he takes a, a, a batting stance with his hands spread apart a little on the bat like Not. Ty Cobb. <laughs> and Ty Cobb was my f- favorite player of yore that I never saw him, but I, I heard stories about him, and I, yeah. I thought that there was a lot of color in Ty Cobb. Anyway, the first pitch, he smashes it back, and it hits my shin, and I drop to the ground, and everybody groups around. They figured I had a, a broken leg, and he was upset, but I was okay. And uh, look, he was the kind of guy that was very kind. He loved his students. He was a really good principal. Uh, he uh, he inspired confidence and respect. And he uh, he was uh, a man you who commanded respect, but not in a way that was uh, nasty or cruel or anything. He was a very kind man. We all loved him. And you know, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. We went into the high school auditorium, and Charles Taylor was there, and he talked to to us a little before, I guess. And then uh, that was the speech that that, uh, FDR said, Mm. a day that will live in infamy. Mm. I remember that. But anyway, the bottom line is that Charles Taylor was a wonderful principal. And when I was doing my—I wanted to get a picture of him, and I went over to the devotion school, and there was a portrait hanging on the wall— of him, that was good, and I took a picture of it. And he's a he's a man that lives in memory. The only relationship to Ty Cobb is that he actually hurt you, because Ty would sometimes slide <laughs> into guys with his cleats and all that. They say, but but other than that, uh, he sounds like a wonderful man. And uh, so he must have been born in in the eighteen hundreds sometime. I would say that he was probably born around eighteen eighty or eighteen eighty five. Something like that. Bridge there to the 20th century. Let's move on to other names because uh, when I see a name like Miss Perkins, it almost sounds like a cliche that there's a Miss Perkins in the the schoolhouse. (laughs) But she's got a a reputation that you want to talk about. And she was a Latin teacher. Tell us about it. She was a Latin teacher. And also she was another throwback to the 19th century because she had a big head of gray hair. Mm. And she was very – she another person who commanded respect – uh, from her students. And uh, Mike Dukakis, who was three years behind me, 
at Brookline High School also had Miss Perkins. And of course, Mike and I are friendly to this day. And whenever we meet, uh, somehow Miss Perkins always gets into the conversation. <laughs> Why? Because in teaching Latin, she not only introduced us to the language that, that from which English came and so many words come, but it, it, uh, Mike and I think that our whatever writing skills we have and whatever talking skills we have have been marvelously enhanced by the study of Latin. And not only that, it made me interested in the history of Rome, especially those hundred years from the time of Julius Caesar through Augustus and which encompassed uh, Cleopatra and uh, Antony and uh, Caesar and uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, those hundred or so years contained so many fantastic figures in history, and Rome became a dictatorship instead of a republic, so that, uh, and no emperor of Rome after Augustus, who was within that hundred-year period, ever measured up to Augustus because he was was a uh, benevolent dictator, so Mm. to speak. And uh, he, of course, was the... I guess the adopted son of Julius Caesar, which is odd because, well, no, not odd, because Julius Caesar was the man who became the the authoritarian. The God King, as they called him. Well, what you're talking about is a classical education, and in public schools today, it's it's so different. But uh, Latin and and study of ancient history, those are important milestones in your educational career. Well, not only that, uh, Jordan, you know, another couple of courses that they don't teach a lot in schools these days is civics. Mm. I mean, think how many people don't know what the heck the country is all about and, uh, you know, what the relationship of state, federal, and municipal governments are, what the Bill of Rights means, what the Constitution is all about. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't really understand what we have, which is a very difficult democracy, which is a very difficult system to maintain and uh, is easily undercut, as we've seen lately. What could have happened uh, if those guys had broken into the Capitol, killed a couple of people? Uh, and, uh, you know, I think essentially um, uh, Donald Trump was uh, trying to establish an authoritarian control over this country, which would have changed the country altogether. And another thing that, that is not taught today in schools that was when I went there is music. Now, I never became a musician but it must have had some effect on me because I, be, I got to love music so much that I've written a book about it, and I just love music. Mm. I listen to it at 1, 2 in the morning. It's usually classical music, but it can be Bruce Springsteen. I mean, music is music. Yeah. No, you're, you're so right about uh, the educational platform that you were lucky enough to be part of. And uh, when it comes to civics, it's always funny that uh, those who are studying to be citizens, U.S. citizens, usually know and ace the test that you know, American-born citizens don't know about. It's, I've done that on the air. I've asked the questions to the listeners, and many of them don't know, you know the three branches of government. You learn all that, and you never forget it, hopefully. Well, you shouldn't forget it because uh, you know, the way it's set up is uh, very uh, ingenious, uh, checks and balances and all that. Well, I have a question. Were they strict in school? Was there any rapping on the knuckles or any of that kind of stuff, corporal punishment? I never had any of that. No, nothing that you encountered? No, nobody ever rapped me on the knuckles. And, uh, <laughs> they rapped me on my head several times. No, I'm just, oh, no, no, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> but what was it like in a classroom back in, in your day? I know you could have got a great memory for all this stuff. Uh, you know, girls and boys sitting together in a row. Uh, 
alphabetically listed in the homeroom or what? I think they were mixed together. I mean, I you know, they were girls, and uh, I'd certainly look at them. Uh, when of course. I, and uh, some of them, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I don't think we were separated in the way you sometimes see in movies, the way they did in England and stuff like mm. that. Um, it's interesting, um, you know. You're making me think about this, and uh, but I, um, I, you know, I enjoyed both Devotion School and Brookline High School. Let's talk about Brookline High School because there's you've written a lot about it over the years, and you've done a lot of great research into it because it's got such a great. Uh, legacy of students, student body. I mean, some famous folk. You mentioned Mike Wallace, it was, of course, you. Uh, was Dukakis also a Brookline High student? Or oh, yeah. He was, he was three years behind me. Barbara Walters, I believe. I know, she must have been ahead of me. I think she's yeah. a little older. So, so before we talk about any specifics, and we will, what about the overall experience at Brookline High? Do, do you have a favorable memory of that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I describe... In this memoir that I'm writing, mm-hmm. I describe uh, Miss Perkins as the person I think of as uh, training my mind because of Latin. And also we've spoken about, about Miss Greenshields, what a wonderful lady she was, but I didn't find that out until much later. But Harry Downs, who was a football coach at Brookline High School, and those were the salad days of uh, Brookline High School winning championships, and uh, he was the coach. He had had a marvelous career at Boston College as a football player, and then um, he he died only pretty young at 59. But um, he was the coach at Brooklyn High School, and they had guys like uh, Tony Michaud was a name you probably never heard of, but he was a terrific baseball player and a football player in my class. And another guy, Doc Haskell, who was a terrific uh, football player and baseball players. These two guys were tremendous. But anyway, I was a big baseball guy, and by the skin of my teeth. I made the varsity baseball team. Now, it wasn't in baseball season. Harry would coach baseball. So he stuck me down the end of the bench, the uh, the 29th player or, the, or something like that. And I tell this story in my in memoir. So one day, totally unexpectedly, he says, uh, I, I, I wrote it up in his megaphone. He said, Rutman, you know, like he had to get me <laughs> fifth, like I was 10 miles away. But that I was joking. But he says, Rutman, you know, pinch hit. Me? I said, I, you know, I hardly knew where I was. I picked up a bat and I went up to the plate. And somehow, Jordan, I wrapped a line drive to right center. And the center fielder came out of no place and caught the ball. And Harry must have been impressed by that. So the next game, I see myself in the batting order. Amazing. It was my chance to make the varsity. I think I was batting sixth or seventh. So I don't know whether it was the first time I came up in that game or the second time or something like that, but I came up with the bases loaded, and um, I, I got a hold of one, and I hit it way out to right field. It looked like it was going to go over the fence for a grand slam home run, but it, it hit the top of the fence, and I'm admiring the ball in its flight, Uh-oh. and I'm running fairly slowly down the first baseline. Three runners score, and I lope into second base saying to myself, this is it. I'm on the team. I'm going to be the starting player. And then I look around, and Harry Downs is standing over the third baseline looking out at me, his face red, and he says, Rutman, come here. And he said, that should have been a triple. You weren't running. You were loafing. You're out of the game. (laughs) 
So, so you're a bum after a hero. You're <laughs> that's as quick a turnaround as you can get. But he taught you a lesson. I'm he sure. did. That's what I said. Yeah. You know, he did. I wasn't sure what the lesson was at the time, but I I, I got it after a while, and he was absolutely right. So many young kids, when they're starting out, uh, they they are all about themselves and they're admiring their work when yeah. they forget to run the bases. That's a, a prime lesson in life about everything. I mean, it makes a sense. Well, you know, if, if the weather clears up today, they're going to want to, you know, Dustin Pedroyer at Fenway. Park. This is, as we record this, he's the former second baseman for the Red Sox for years. Yeah, but not only that, he was he was a wonderful, wonderful, he was a little guy, mm. uh, five, eight, or nine, who made, who's, who's really going to be in the Hall of Fame because his fielding records and his batting records for a guy that size were wonderful. He played the game all the time, all out. Right. Now, I, I saw Bobby Doerr in his prime, a Hall of Fame player, mm. and he was a wonderful player, and uh, he was all out. But this, this Pedroia, I mean, I watched him. He made plays in the field that you can't imagine. Maybe because he was so close to the ground, he'd go sprawling in a in a in a yeah. in a in the dust, and he'd get the ball. He just was an all-out player. So, uh, yeah, that was a lesson that Harry Downs showed me, and Dustin Pedroia probably is the major living example in Red Sox history that I can remember. Who gave everything? Gave up his body to the game. That's why. Yeah, absolutely, he, yeah, injuries finally took its toll, and he would have probably been able to play more. But uh, yeah. that's the essence of a of a dirt dog, a, a mud dog. You know, just always not Pete Rose, not that crazy, but certainly <laughs> certainly a one that we respect and admire. Oh, very outspoken too. He was he's a, he, a hell of a guy, and he's of Latin background, even though he was you know American. So that, yes. So that, uh, you know, I just admire a guy like that. And uh, Harry, Harry was a tough coach, but he showed me something. Some great stories from the high school days. We have more stories, more than you can count, Larry. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about the college scene next. Whatever you say. This has been a life lived backwards, one man's life. The accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. You can subscribe and download this podcast, available on all podcast platforms. For information on Larry, his books, lectures, and much more, visit the website LarryRutman.com. Also check out the extensive Larry Rutman page on Wikipedia. This is Jordan Rich inviting you to join us again next time as Larry shares more stories about friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation on A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life.